Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, welcome to another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Robbie Hummel. And uh, listen, I got to get out to the pool soon. So we got to make this a fairly abbreviated. Put your uh, sunscreen on. Look, I'm red. I'm red already. I'm, I'm, I don't, you know. The equator. Some of us have to work. Some of us have to feed our families around here. And you just down in Puerto Rico hanging out like, like it's spring break. (laughs) Well, listen. It's been nice. I mean, drinking. Luckily, I went on that keto diet and I lost 20 because I'm going to gain another five back. But um, <laughs> drinking, uh, eating well, uh, gambling. My daughter has won. You know, I made this deal with her that I'd match whatever she put in, you know, $100, I'd match it. So she's up, including the money I gave her. She, she tries to include the $100 that I matched. I'm like, no, no, that doesn't count in your, your blackjack winnings here. But I think she went from putting in $100 to now she's got $350. So she's won like $150 bucks playing at the $10 table. Um, so that's good. Uh, but Is the yeah. gambling in Puerto Rico, 18? 18. Drinking and gambling, both. All right. I didn't know that. I thought it was she's U.S. Pounding daiquiris, playing blackjack. <laughs> Living the dream. Uh, it's it's the, dream. the life. It is the life. She, you know, she thinks, you know, we're eating at STK having fillets you now know. The, the first the first time you gamble it's like a rite of passage that you must win yeah because then oh. you get sucked in forever and you're like man every time i'm gonna win money and then you realize that that's not how it works when you get hammered for your first major loss <laughs> you know my first my first time i ever gambled i was underage in, in atlantic city a buddy and i i don't know we drove to atlantic city which is a freaking haul from boston but we drove it and we played this game called, it was like, it's either called Red Dog or AC Ducey or both. I think like some places it's called Red Dog, some places it's called like AC Ducey. It sounds like you were at a casino that was really on the up and up if they've got Red Dog. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> hey, there's some shitholes in Atlantic City. Really, really bad. So the game is they, they turn over two cards and the third card has to be in between. So if, it, if you turn over like, you know, a three and a jack, well, you've got plenty of, of cards that can go in between, but the odds are one-to-one. If they turn over like a two and a five, well, you've only got a three and a four. So if you get the three and the four, your odds are like, I don't know, 10 to one. I haven't played it in 30 years. So anyway, we, we ended up winning, I want to say it was like two grand and we split it. 
it was only one of us playing. I don't remember. I think it was me sitting down and he was behind me because we didn't want to attract too much attention with our fake IDs. Um, and, and we end up winning like two grand. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Uh, yeah. I'm hooked. And then I, you know, stepped it up to blackjack and now my daughter's hooked. So it, the worst thing in the world when you win the first one. Whenever I go to Vegas, my dad always gives me the, the great advice, Rob. Just remember why those places are so big and so nice. Because it was a they, lot they of money. You remember the first time I gambled was? Go ahead. It was on our, our Purdue basketball team trip to Australia. So we went to Australia and the gambling age is 18. We went on this unbelievable, like, three-city, 11-day deal. Where we played a couple different teams. We actually played Della Vidova at the Australian hey. Institute of Sport. Like I, I played against him before he got to college. I want to say – like Ryan Brokoff came. There's a bunch of guys that have come from there. Like there's been some really good players, but we uh, we were in Sydney, we were in Brisbane, and we were in in Cannes. And I remember one of my teammates who shall remain nameless. This was hilarious. So we got a ton of per diem to go to Australia. Okay. And a lot of the times in college, you know, we would get per diem, but would still get fed a lot. So you really didn't need to use it. It was kind of like a loophole. It wasn't illegal, but it was just kind of like, yeah, you get a per diem for a snack or yeah. but, but you'd have a training table anyway. Diem. Yeah. What's that? You'd have training table anyway. You'd yeah, yeah. So, like during the NCAA tournament when you're gone. It wasn't all year, but every once in a while you'd get it. So I think guys were kind of thinking, oh nice, this per diem is kind of just like extra spending money. Well, on this Australia trip, no, it was like your per diem for the most part was needed to to eat. So we, we were in Cannes. At the end of the trip, and this guy, <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but he he took some insane losses. Like, and I remember we were in Cannes at the casino, and we're all, like, done. Most of us had lost money. We're leaving. And he had finally taken the remaining per diem he had and been like, man, I got to stop. Like, and we're walking out, and you could just see the look in his eye. He saw, like, a $5 table, sprints back. Throws all his money on the table, just gets hammered, like lost, 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 lost. And then people had to pay for his meals because he didn't have any money left. He had nothing left in, the, in his Australian per diem. Well, it's a lesson, a lesson learned, Rob. A lesson don't gamble what you don't have. And and I didn't know that when I was a student at Arizona. Trust me, there were there were $40 flights. From uh, on Morris Airlines from Tucson to Vegas, and that was that was not a good thing for me. Not a good. The plane got there at forty bucks a pop. You're, you're lucky the engine weren't falling out of the sky or something. I roomed with a bookie in college too, so that wasn't a good thing. Yeah, not you, a good. You thing. really are a degenerate. Not a good thing. Yes, agreed. All right. So first things first. Um, has anybody called you? I mean, the Celtics just signed forty year old Joe Johnson. ISO Joe. Just sign. Have you gotten any any calls? I mean, you're only 32. You're not in so horror. It's funny, it's funny you say that. So I was doing the, the Bulls-Lakers game. I'm not sure how – I need to ask him how serious this actually was. But I, I woke up morning of the game, and I had to kind of cram because I don't do much NBA. And I, I got to do two Bulls games this last week um, because Bill Wennington has COVID. Stacey Kanks has COVID too. So they're, they've been filling in for their radio and TV broadcasts. And – I get a text from Drew Antrop, who's my roommate for college, video guy for the Lakers. He's been with Vogel since Vogel was in Indianapolis. And uh, 
he was like, hey, uh, you want any, like, you want to play tonight? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, shut up. Like, I've already, I've had one experience of walking into a restaurant and Tim Connolly, who's the GM for the, the Nuggets, was in there. And he was, I think he'd been drinking a little bit. He's like, man, we shouldn't have cut you. And I'm like, I can't deal with this. I can't hear, like, Tim is a great guy, but I cannot hear you say things like that when I'm now out of basketball, right? And that, that's how I felt like with this. I was like, dude, shut up. Like, you don't, you don't need me. And he's like, dude, we, we need players. So I don't know how serious he was, but he, he it kind of felt like he was actually serious. Like they, they needed, they need guys, you know, they had so many guys out for COVID. I would have loved, like I would have freaking loved to see you go out there and have to guard like Zach Levine, like right <laughs> out know, of the gate. He, he was out with COVID. I, I would have been so bad. I mean, so I who you had to guard? DeRozan is DeRozan playing? DeRozan had thirty-eight points in the game, so he no, had a hundred on you. I mean, he was mur- he was giving LeBron buckets. He was killing him. DeMar DeRozan is awesome. awesome. He is awesome. It's such a throwback with the mid-range, but he can get his shot whenever he wants. Yeah, against anybody, he, he's never sped up. He he is so good. Um, I don't know. I mean, Javante <laughs> Green, please God, no. Um, Alex Caruso, please God, no. I, I wouldn't want to guard anybody in the court. What did you right? think? All right, before we get back to college and everything, you saw LeBron up close. He played in this game, right? He played in the game that you saw. Is there a noticeable difference now, Rob, in LeBron from when you played in the NBA to LeBron now? He still makes freakish plays. Like the block he had in Dallas, where I think he got called for a goaltend, but it's like his arm is above the rim and he still has dunks where it's like insane. Take off from the dotted line, head at the rim type stuff. I thought he looked different in terms of when he goes to the basket and he's got somebody on his hip, he doesn't seem as explosive as he used to. He used to take you with him, you know? And I, he's still one of the best three, four players in the NBA. He had 31, 12, and like seven. Um he didn't shoot it great. He was like one of seven from three, but he, man, he was getting into the paint and just bowling guys over. But it just seems like when when there's contact, he used to still be above the rim. You know, he, he used to do these crazy things where you're like, man, there's there is nobody in the world other than him that can do that. And this is no slight to him. He's played like sixty eight thousand minutes in his career. Um, but I, I do think that you're starting to see him get a little bit older, which kind of makes me sad. I mean, he is right. such a unique and special right. player. <laughs> this dude's thinking room service calls. If I could be Jeff Goodman for a day, I mean, I, I would I would just love that. Just, you know, they're probably talking about fluffing his pillow or, or doing <laughs> something. But, no, I, I he's still an elite player, but I, I do think that we're starting to see some – some effects of playing so many minutes and being 37 and just, you know, it, it's crazy the run he's been on. I mean, he still is in the 1%, but you're starting to see maybe a little carry, bit of that play. Yeah, he can't carry a team without Anthony Davis. Now he, It's hard for him to carry a team with Anthony Davis. He, he He's not yeah, – maybe on a night he can do it. You know who else is crazy to see is Russell Westbrook because – there was multiple drives where I thought, dude, he used to turn that over and just blow the rim up. Yeah. And now he's just flying into people and taking these wild shots. And really, he's really a good line, but he shoots some some bad ones. And 
I don't think he's a great fit for, for their team, but yeah, both those guys, Westbrook especially, but his game was all predicated on he's a freak. Right. He's an athletic freak. Yep. And now he's he's not as vertical as he once was. No, you wear down. You wear down. Um, you know that. Your once 20 and a half inch vertical is now down to 19. So, you know, you can only imagine you're only 32. Hey, didn't I, you know, it's crazy you say this, that I'm not athletic. Did I run the mile in college not training for it in four minutes and 42 seconds? Yes. I never, listen, I never said did you're I, not athletic. I just said you're vertical I, 19 and a half. Gunks that I have at Purdue, at least 20. I mean, you can't be athletic or not athletic and have at least 20 dunks in your college career. This really gets under your skin when I when I call I you on that. The slander is here. And how many people on the planet can run a sub five minute mile when they don't even train for it? I, I love this. For it. I just ran a 442. We finally found something that has gotten to you, that has I mean, really, really gotten under your skin. And, and you know, you're, you're normally like this. Even keel, you don't get upset at anything, but but the 19 and a half inch vertical, the unathleticism. Uh, now, I'm going really to synergy in one of these podcasts. We're just going to have, we're, we're going to react to my dunks and we're going to say, can the normal player do this? And I think the answer is going to be mostly no. It's gonna be mo- and we're going to listen to the, what the announcers had to say too. Talking about right. my peak athleticism. We'll put together a montage, a full montage go. of Hummel's Synergy sports, Synergy sports montage. I That's can't right. wait. It'll be like a sports center top 10, but just yeah. of Hummel nice. okay. be- Some are going to be shitty, but some will be good. Whatever. Be good. They're, they're still dunks. Before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time. Uh, because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay Instant Approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off soon, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by don't downloading the BetRivers uh, app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, all right, let's let's turn our attention to college hoops a little bit here. Um, and the, the state of the game right now, I guess we got to talk about because there's forfeits, there's cancellations uh, all over the place right now within college basketball. There's, I, I want to say right now there's got to be more than 50 teams currently on a pause. Now, we're not going to know a lot of this because teams now – our kids are going home for Christmas. They weren't able to last year. Right now, most coaches are allowing their kids to go home for Christmas right now. And my biggest concern, Rob, is when they come back, they're going to, uh, they're going to be a guy on the team that comes into the trainer. You know, here's the way it's worked. Basically the way it's worked is the athletic trainers have told these kids for the last year, year and a half, two years, Hey, listen, if you don't feel well, make sure you tell me. Like, make sure, because this shit obviously, you know, is serious. And, and they don't want anything, any blood in their hands, so to speak, of, of something happening under their watch. That's their job, to make sure that everybody is 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 safe and healthy and, and whatnot. So they're drilling into these kids over and over and over. If you don't feel well, let me know. Well, if, if a kid goes up and he's got a cold or whatever, flu-like symptoms, and he goes up to the trainer – 
the trainer's going to say, all right, we need to get you tested. And you get one tested and he's positive. And right now, let's face it, the rate, I mean, I, I, the re, listen, I didn't go to Atlantis right now because we were afraid we'd be stuck in Atlantis, which doesn't sound like the worst thing, but we have a dog back home. Right. So we changed at literally nine o'clock the night before and came to Puerto Rico because you don't have to test to get back home from here. But when these kids go in and they get tested and, and they're positive, you get one. And then the trainer is going to obviously advise with one or two. Hey, listen, we got to get the whole team tested. And, you know, there's teams, you know, according to my you know, Penn State to Paul, uh, you can go through some other ones right now that the whole Syracuse, basically the whole team is tested positive. So my take on all this, Rob, was why not just scrap from here through right after New Year's? Just scrap it. Scrap it because it's a shit show anyway right now. I know you're going to get some games getting played. Some are going to be without key players like Champagny from St. John's didn't play their last one. They moved on. Why not just say, listen, we don't have a lot of great games anyway right now. It's a slow time for college basketball. Why not just make sure everything is kind of even, apples to apples, and let's just shut it down for two weeks, regroup, get a plan, figure out whether these leagues are going to have forfeit rules or not, and then come back on like January 4th and hopefully have it go smooth from there. So are you suggesting that the like the low majors, that they get paid out still for their buy games? That's what these games are. That's the problem. They're going to miss the problem. Right. They're going to miss them. Yeah. But, but you're talking. They're not going to. They're not going to be okay with that. But most unless of you're play, saying, hey, the deal, the big schools pay the, the, the low majors out, and then you 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 do that. But that's that's the problem. Those schools you've aren't giving most of the, the the non-league schedule is almost done. Right? You might lose a game or two at this point, but you've gotten most most schools have gotten 10, 11 non-conference games. So you. I'm more worried about the start of conference play now, to be honest. I think I'm that's agreeing problem. with you. I'm I'm agreeing, but tell that to the the Nichols State game, the 29th of, of December, playing yeah. at Purdue. They want to get there on a grand or whatever yeah. they're paying. You know, they're not gonna give that up. That funds their athletic department. That's the issue. I'm yeah. I'm sure the high majors would be like, Yeah, forget that. Let's just chill and make sure we can be good going to conference play, but um, there's TV deals. There's there's the low majors that have buy buy games. There, there's other forces. I I agree. I mean, I'd rather have conference play than a week of crappy games around New Year's Eve. Yeah. So I think that's what you're going to have now. I think you look there, at there's it. just no there's no direction now. In fairness, to the NCAA, I don't think any pro sports league or any sports league in general has direction right now. The NBA is insane. We talked about me getting it's picked so up dumb. Well, so dumb. Well, they have Christmas Day games. They have to play on Christmas Day. From a money standpoint, that is why they have not lost. How do you like to be? How do you like to be a fan at the Bulls Lakers game? Well, that's a wrong one because LeBron played. But but how do you like to be a, a fan of some of these games? And you you flew out and you paid a lot of money to fly out to see your favorite player or take take your kids for Christmas present out. And then you get there, and the day of the game, it's canceled. That sucks. That horrible. sucks. No, it's horrible. It's it's terrible. And I think 
the NBA has dealt with that a little bit with load management where you have these fans that take their, their kids to see a LeBron or a Steph Curry or whoever, name a superstar, and they're out that night for load management. I mean, that's that stinks. That's what, that's what I loved about Jordan and Kobe was that, like, every night they, they thought of, I, I'm putting a show on for somebody that probably has never seen me play, and the times have changed. Like, it's – the amount of games you play in that span is, is a ton, but – you know, just in getting ready for that Lakers Bulls game, the amount of people that had COVID, trying to understand who would maybe even play in the game. <laughs> I mean, Levine was out. Javante Green finally comes back. Demar Derozan finally comes back. Uh, who else was out? There was like Tony uh, Troy Brown Jr. was out. Um, Matt Thomas was out. It was like ten guys, and three of them came back. So the Bulls were able to have a normal rotation with eight guys, but. They were they were bringing guys up from the G League, and they were it's it's all over the place right now. But in fairness to the NCAA, NHL, they're on pause. They they just stopped. NBA, they would probably be on pause. But Christmas Day is a crazy moneymaker for them in terms of of TV revenue. They they kind of have to power through this. Um, the NFL is about to just be like, yo, if you're asymptomatic, don't test. I mean, no one really has a plan. I guess the NFL has a plan of just saying, forget it. We're, we're, it's more important to play than test people that don't have symptoms. Well, and they're almost uh, at the finish line, right? They're not that far off from the playoffs at this point. So they're just saying, you know what? Let's get to the playoffs, and then we're cutting the teams in half. We'll figure it out from there. But, yeah. I, I just think that the sad thing about this is that you have to envision that Mark Emmert just thought, hey, we have vaccines now. We're good. <laughs> Which oh. this is a very shifting landscape, you know? It's the dumbest thing ever, too. I tweeted yesterday of like, all right, how, something as simple as figuring out the minimum number of players that should be allowed, you, you should have in order to play a game, right? Like, like how is that not universal across all the leagues? In it should be so easy to get the 32 conference commissioners on a call and say, okay, guys, here's the deal. All right, you think it should be six and a walk-on. We think it should be seven and a walk-on. Whatever it is, let's just vote. And whatever the majority is, we'll go with. But let's have it be universal. But they can't think that way. And again, I blame Emmert for a lot of it. But I blame the conference commissioners for a lot of this, too. How can if, – if I can come up with this, and I could probably get the 32 damn conference commissioners on a, on a, on a call, like how can they not do this? So stupid, like you know, especially for the power of six for, for something like that. I'm not saying the forfeit rule might be a little bit more difficult to try to figure out or who to give the regular season how to how to come up with that formula, you know, yeah. whether it's winning percentage or whatever you want to do. Like, like the Michigan, Illinois stuff last year. That, that's that's confusing. Yes. A little bit little bit tougher, but I still think that could be done universally as well. Make it easy. For the general fan to understand this in the NBA, you've got one entity. It's easy. Well, it's I mean, I go back to two years ago when everything was canceled in, in March and we have 32 different announcements from every league. All right, we're done. We're shutting it down. We're shutting it down. We're shutting it down. Well, why can't you idiots be on the same goddamn page? Hey, think think about the Ivy League and how everybody made fun of them when they first canceled. Yeah. And really, it's like, well, the smartest people in the world, they, they knew what was coming. But they, yeah, people they clown the Ivy League. They, they really did. Still. You're right. It, it shouldn't be hard. But no. No. the NCAA never takes the initiative to be on the same page with anything. 
at this point. Name image and likeness. Do whatever you want. You know, and now you've got the the Texas wide receiver um, allotment or whatever that that is down there, where they're just you're getting sponsored for being on the the wideout depth chart, which I don't think is what they had in mind with this at all. I mean, they had no idea what to do. They're they're reactive. They're, they're, they're always reactive. Pathetic. You know, suspensions they do are pathetic. The the way they handle things are pathetic. Like it's just it's what we come to expect at this point. They screw everything up. I'm surprised the NCAA tournament ever works, but it's hard to screw up one of the greatest sporting events in the world. But when when you see who's running it, I'm surprised that comes off without a hitch. Well, you know why? You know why? Because you've actually got good people in David Warlock and, and Dan Gabbitt running that. Like Emmert, I don't think gets involved in that, which is why it runs so well. But when when Emmert gets involved in some of this shit, you know, I, I don't know. I, so what would you do? Have you given thought to what you would do with this this forfeit policy? Because obviously it was put in place to discourage people from being uh, unvaccinated. It, it was basically put in place to get everybody vaccinated. But now the problem is teams that are fully vaccinated are still getting hit, you know, with with with, with you know with the virus, and and um, it's not fair to to hit them with forfeit. So a lot of the leagues have changed, Rob, already. Big Twelve, Big West. I think Pac-12, Mountain West, but some of the leagues, uh, the Valley, the A-10, the WAC, haven't. Big Ten, I think, is going to go to it soon. With They released a statement saying they're reevaluating. Things. They'll go to it. I, and I listen, I kind of understand it. It's still early, and you kind of want to see if this thing somehow in two weeks um, we go back to normal and we're playing games and we're not worried about it. So I don't, I don't mind them taking a little bit more time I just feel like, you know, for a team like DePaul, for instance, you know, you're, you're, you're playing well, you're going into it now, and you're going to get hit with – you're going to be 0-2 or whatever it's going to be in the league, and you're fully vaccinated. And that, to me, that's not fair it's because not. It, it, it's not – you just got to get a winning percentage. If this is the new reality, it's just yes. got to be a winning percentage thing. Right, with a minimum number of games that you're going to have to play to qualify. That's all. Yeah. And again. That should be across. That should be universal. Whatever. Yeah. And that- last year, the, the Michigan Illinois deal that that kind of ended up maybe not being totally right. right. But I don't, what else are you going to do? Nothing. You know? Nothing. You've got a winning it's a, it's percentage. An extraordinary time. I, right. I don't know what else to. It sucks for Illinois. Yep. Um, but yeah, and the NCAA will change gonna- its minimum number of games if if this thing keeps going. You're going to have to change the minimum number of games. Um, all right, before uh, I hit I hit the pool again, you wanted to look at our, our – we we picked our teams, our, like, all-American preseason teams. It was more of a fantasy team. It fantasy. wasn't necessarily all-American. It was, like, pick the best team with the players available, I think. Because all-American teams, some of the picks – Right, we were trying team. to do it in a way that we wanted to construct a 13 team roster with some shooting yeah. with, and we had to have a mid-major player, correct? Correct. Yes. Correct. So, all right, let's, let's take a look at how this thing went down. Okay. You had the number one pick and, yes. and you didn't screw that up. Thank God. You screwed a lot else up, but you didn't screw that up. <laughs> for yourself. I think your team sucked too. <laughs> you took Paolo. All right. So Great, we'll give yeah. you- We'll give you – yeah, we'll give you an A-plus plus for that. I took Drew Timmy with my first pick, and you can't argue with that. You can't argue. That's fine. That's my fine. next pick 
You probably shook your head a little bit, but Wait, were we, was it snake draft or was it alternating? Oh, I think it was alternating, wasn't it? Me too, yeah. So you took Chet. Yep. And you took Chet ahead of the guy that I took next, which I thought was a big mistake. At the time, you didn't. Yeah, probably not. But now EJ Liddell's been killing. Oh, killing. God. All right. Yep. All right. So I'm going to rate my pick a C. I mean, still a great piece to the yeah. team. Yeah, no, and defensively he's been he's been fantastic. He just he got out of the gate slow. His second half of the season is going to be so good because he's going to be playing against six seven centers in the WCC. He's going to be blocking like eight shots a game. <laughs> All right, so my homegrown pick is not that bad, but Liddell, oh. yeah, Liddell, Liddell killed it. That was a, a great a plus a yeah. plus pick for Liddell. Then, all right, your next pick. The third pick for Robbie Hummel was Amadi Bates. All right. Yeah. That's that was, an F. That was not good. Right <laughs> that was not very good. I have hope for Amadi Bates. Head of the American Conference, but I, yeah, there's, that's an F. So my first three picks, I don't know if you could have done any better. Jaden Ivey, my third pick. All right. Yeah. You're killing it. Timmy Liddell Crushing. At the time, I felt really good about my team. Keep going. Ivy's right, we'll keep going. Johnny Juzang was your fourth pick. He's been solid. He's solid. Right. He's been yeah. fine. You can't argue that. Buddy Beham was my fourth pick. Oh, God. He's not the making threes. Pick. Yeah, he's not making threes, but he's averaging like 20 a game. I give you a C. All right, you can give me a C. Uh, Colin Gillespie, your, your fifth pick. He's been solid. Good. Good. I can't wait to get your point guard pick. Keep going. <clears throat> Yeah, mine's not good, but yours isn't good either. So you got one. Colin Gillespie's a good pick. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, you got one behind him, but I'll get to in two picks. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, my fifth pick. He's coming on, but but yeah, definitely has struggled. You're if you want him to come on because you love him. <laughs> I do love him. I really do. Uh, you got Jaime Hakwas, six. He's been good, solid. Uh, Patrick Baldwin for me, six, has not been great. He was hurt. And they, they, they're losing every game. They're struggling. Uh, Curbelo, your seventh pick. Now, again, you took Curbelo, not me. You took Curbelo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More than you did. Yes, you took Curbelo. How about that? Now, again, we don't know what's wrong with Curbelo. That's true. I mean, didn't play know. well. He got hurt and had to get back. So, N.A., unknown. I TVD. Took Zach, I took Zach Eady seventh. Well, he's kind of come back to earth. I mean, he started out the year. It's incredible. He's yep. been good. Uh, Tyson at the end, you took eighth. Oh, my God. Bad pick. Bad, really? pick. Bad pick. He was a chucker. Yeah. He's he chucker. jacked. I mean, to the point of maybe the biggest chucker in college basketball. Uh, wow. I had Julian Champagny eighth. He's been good when he's been playing. He's out yep. now with COVID, but he's been very good. Uh, Max Aismith for you, ninth. They haven't been great. He's been fine, but they have they've struggled. They've really struggled. Uh my ninth pick was not good. Marcus Carr, really bad. He's been awful. He's really not been good. I'm shocked. I thought you, I, I would have bet money that you took Curbelo. I, yeah, I did not. You 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 took Curbelo high. I, I took him up. My backcourt was Ivy and Ty Ty with Bayheim. That was my perimeter. My perimeter was better than your perimeter. Yeah. Um, 10th, Matthew Meyer for you. Justin Moore from Villanova for me. Probably a wash. Yeah, I'm open for you. 
11th, how about this? 11th, we got two guys that probably could be first-team All-Americans right now. You had Kofi. I had Jabari Smith. Man. Yeah. They've both been incredible. I, I needed a big because I knew that I could either get Hunter Dickinson or Kofi Coburn. And it was like I, I should have taken him last. You yeah. know, I right. Twelfth, uh, Kellen Grady for you. He's been really good lately. Really good. Yeah. I had Alex Barcelo from BYU. Been good. He started off amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's been he's been good. And then thirteenth, Nate Lashevsky for you from Notre Dame. <laughs> I had Daryl Morcel. Really good pick. Morcel's been good. He can guard All right. In defense of my Nate Lashevsky pick, I wanted a stretch five who I thought could shoot threes, and he has not shot the ball that well, and he has not played all that well. But that's what my, my mindset was. I need somebody that can stretch the floor at the five, and that's a bad pick. I lost. I, I lost this exercise. You, you lost. Yeah, I mean, Amani has struggled. Curbelo hasn't played. Etienne has struggled. Lashevsky, four of your 13 have not been great. I've, I've had Marcus Carr is and Patrick Baldwin are two guys that I wish I had another pick. I wish yeah, I, had. I wish I had taken with my mid-major pick. Who? Kenneth Lofton from Louisiana Tech. I should have. I, I almost did. But I, I mean, A. Smith can really score. Boy, I hope, I hope no NBA front office ever hears this. This, this podcast, this will, this will take me out of any consideration to ever <laughs> leave PV. Yeah, this is not pretty for you at, at all. By the way, my, my family's trying to get I'm, – I'm not good with heights, and they want to get me on a zip line. Have you ever done a zip Puerto line? Puerto Rican rainforest. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're going – we're doing a UTV tour today, a UTV you deal. You got to go check out the bioluminescent bay if you're close to it. It's awesome. Is it? Nighttime, like there's these this like plankton that glows in the. Uh, yeah. Look it up, look What's it up. It's near the rainforest. Just do the bio bioluminescent bay. It's near right. the the big rainforest there. They have a Ritz Carlton or a Four Seasons or one of the resorts is right by it. Have you been to Puerto Rico when you haven't been here for a for a yeah. tournament? Well, we we played there my my fifth year of college, but then I played in multiple three on three tournaments there, and actually I played in a. Uh, charity celebrity golf event with some of the most hilarious. I mean, Frankie Muniz really? from, uh, yeah, Frankie Muniz played. Uh, Kevin Dillon, who was Johnny Drama, played. Love Kevin Dillon. Love Kevin he, Dillon. He is literally Johnny Drama. He's amazing. Really? Yes, he is. He's a fun time. He's a really fun time. Plexico Burris, yeah. Santonio Holmes. Um, how some really good Puerto Rican, like Carlos Delgado and Carlos Beltran. How, did, how the hell did you get in this group? Okay, so one of the guys I played three on three with, it works on Wall Street and um, is part of a wealth management firm. And one of his clients, who's a great guy, his family is, is Puerto Rican, he's Puerto Rican, and they live down there. So he, he has this foundation and they have this charity golf event. I think initially the foundation was for maybe underprivileged people in San Juan and Puerto Rico. But after the hurricanes, it became rebuilding the island. So that's that's kind of what their charity mission has been. And uh, actually, you know who I got paired up with in my group? We, we won the, the tournament. Really? I got paired up with Happy Walters. <laughs> the, Happy the Walters, agent. the agent? Yes. So, so Happy Walters and me and like four of his friends. One of them is an amazing golfer. We we won, 
I was going to say, somebody had to have carried you. I played amazing. I played so – I won closest to the pin. We won the low score. We won the, so I, I won three bottles of this, like, Johnny Walker Blue Label. <laughs> and to bring him back to the States, like, get a total – well, not to the States. We were in the States. But into the mainland United States. Um, it, it was really fun. Happy Walters is a very interesting guy. Um, but yeah, they're like Kevin Dillon and, and Plesco Burris almost got in a fight, and that would have been a fight you don't want to have over, over Kevin's girlfriend at the time. It, it was no, no. Plaxico was going after it was, Kevin's it was a what's that? Plaxico was going after Kevin's girl. No, no, it was more of like Kevin Dillon's girlfriend was drunk and she was saying crazy stuff, and Plax was just like, yo, like shut up, pretty much, and, and then escalated from there. Who else was there? Remember, you ever watch Prison Break? Oh, love the, Prison Break. Love the it. guy who played Sucre is a Puerto Rican actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that there. dude. Um, Chichi Rodriguez, the golfer, was there. I mean, it was like, it was the most random assortment of people at this resort. The golf course is amazing. I mean, it's right in the ocean. It was All right, sick. Getting back but, to yeah, my question. Like, getting back to my original question. Uh, so you've never done zipline? I've never done zipline, no. Would you do it? No. Yeah, I'd do it. It looks sweet. I mean, and that rainforest is right across from the resort, so I know that they had the zip lines and stuff there. Well, they got the um, biggest I, I in the it. world. I, I think yeah, they, like they've the- got some really – they've got some good ones there. I will say, I have to tell this. So I asked Kevin Dillon at, at the first night, I was like, give me your best entourage story because I love entourage. And when I was overseas, I watched ep- – like nightly. I've watched every episode probably 15 times. And he's like, all right, so you know the episode with Brady? And I was like, yeah, with, with Tom Brady, of course, the celebrity golf uh, episode, charity event. He goes, yeah, so, you know, it was supposed to be Eli Manning because they're all, they're all from, you know, they're supposed to be New York guys. They get Eli to make this, the show make sense. And last minute, Eli cancels. So he's like, Wahlberg, who was executive producer of the show, goes, don't worry, I'll get Brady. So they call Tom up. And he's like, Brady's like, love the show. I'm in. So day of the, the day of their shooting, Brady comes into their trailer and he says, we're all just shooting darts. And you know, Brady's like, hey, guys, I'm Tom. Nice to meet you. And everybody's like, yeah, we know. Like, good, good nice to meet you. They introduce themselves. And Tom's like, hey, uh, you guys are playing darts. Mind if, I, mind if I take a shot here? And I'm like, yeah, sure. They hand him three darts. And he said, Brady literally goes, Bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. He goes, well, see you later, guys. I'm going to make up and walks out and just pieces. And they're like, this dude is good at everything. I mean, this is amazing. But then the funniest part was Kevin Dillon's a pretty good golfer. So he was like, you know the scenes where I have to, like, suck? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, you, you break your driver with your, with your foot. He goes, you should have seen it. I told him, you can't film me from the back. I'm only hitting bombs. So they're filming me from the side. And a 45-degree angle. And I'm supposedly hitting these bad drives. I'm piping these bad boys. 300 right down the middle. And he goes, I told him, I will give you one shitty shot. This is all you get. I'm going to turn my hands over, and I'm going to snap hook this bad boy for the show. And he goes, I did it once, and then went right back to piping bombs. <laughs> he was hilarious, dude. I think hilarious. you Kevin Dillon on the pod. I don't think I know him that well, but we could try. I, th- I think we, I think we got to try. I think we got to try. 
I've got his phone number. He'll never answer. <laughs> he gave us <laughs> like, his number. Look at him go, Robbie Hummel. Who he, he gave me his number. Was like, hey, bro, when you're in LA, you know, because he knows uh, my girlfriend works out of LA. He's like, when you're in LA, hit me up. We'll play golf. <laughs> no I want to see the. I want to see the lack of a response when you text them. I'm sure. I mean, I'm. I'm telling Give it you, it a shot. I have a different number now. That was that was a couple of years ago, pre-COVID. But give yeah, it a it shot. Was, it was really fun. All right. Well, All listen. Right, I'm, I'm I'm out. My wife's texting me. They just moved from the pool to the beach, so uh, my life has gotten a lot uh, more difficult right now. I yeah, it must be nice to just be on vacation all the time. I love these the the, the drinks. I mean, that's a, the 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 best thing are the the poolside bar here. Um, you know, the 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 swim up bar. Enjoy enjoy the painkillers and the pina coladas, dude. It was back to reality here in a couple of days. I'm back. I gotta I gotta fly back tomorrow night because of the dog. If it weren't for the dog, I don't why know if I'd leave. Why didn't you put him in? Is this cruel to say like a doggy daycare? No, we've done it. Our dog's almost 13, so we we actually flew up my nephew. He flew up with his girlfriend for like five days, but he's got to get back. Yeah, you look at party, baby house party. Yes. Big house party. Um, but yeah, so we just couldn't, I, I feel too guilty. The dog's older. I just don't want to do that to the dog. Leave the dog. Back. You have a heart. I do. I have a little bit of a heart. I, I love my dog. I love my dog. So that's, you know, what's that, his name? Uh, Casey. It's a girl. No, her name. So she's, she's, she's good. And, uh, so we'll get back and then we'll, uh, I think I have like Seton Hall Providence. You think I'm going to, that game's going to happen on Wednesday, the 29th. I'm going to try to go. No, I, I'm looking at my schedule right now. I, I seriously wonder if I've got, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of eight, eight of nine, nine of 10, 10 of 11, 11 of 12 nights. Ooh. I'm working from the 27th of December. <laughs> well, you got, hey, you, you have New Year's Eve and New Year's Day with the Bulls, both games? Yes. So I, I my schedule and it was crazy last week where I, I did Michigan, Purdue, uh, Michigan, Southern Utah, the 18th, Bulls 19th, Bulls 20th. I had supposed to have the Michigan Purdue Fort Wayne game. It got canceled at 1 p.m. and became Iowa and southeastern Louisiana um, on the 21st. I did a Nebraska game last night. I have studio today from Big Ten Network. But yes, I have studio the 28th, Purdue Nichols State the 29th. Studio for Big Network the 30th. Bulls Pacers, I think Bulls Pacers New Year's Eve. I think Bulls Wizards New Year's Day. Northwestern Michigan State on the second. And Purdue against Wisconsin. Well, happy holidays, Rob. Happy Happy holidays. holidays, baby. But you know what? I don't work from April to November. (laughs) So I might as well work. No, you just golf. All you do is golf from April to November. So my only goal at this point in outside of my professional career, is to make it onto the Pro-Am circuit, much like Frankie Muniz. He told me he played in 40, like, charity golf events a year. He's, like, oh. on the PGA Tour of golf events. I'm like, you would love amazing. That. No, you would, would be honestly, so you'd be so, you'd be so excited because you get to fly all over the place. I mean, you get to play sweet courses. Right. I'm only going to do it if I'm, if I can get to the level of be, like, a scratch golfer. I don't want to go out there and suck, but we'll see. All right, there you have it. Robbie Hummel's, his goal in life, just not to suck, is the biggest thing. All right, Good Minute Hummel podcast. 
make sure you listen to it wherever you listen to your pods. Watch it on YouTube. Watch it on Twitter. And uh, happy holidays to all, uh, yourself included, Rob. And uh, try not to work too hard. I'll try.